Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Hell. We are the perfect blend of Saint sincerity and stupidity. So I just gave you what you wanted. I gave you the answer without thinking about it too much. And then we get this from Kevin. <laughs> and now, here's your host, Ralph Malbrook. All right, everybody. Welcome to a pre-pandemic Saints Happy Hour Podcast. I hope you did all your coronavirus prep today. Stay safe out there, everybody. Wash your hands. Don't cough on anybody unless they're a Falcons fan. Uh, Dave, are you ready to survive Corona-geddon? Yeah, I'm totally prepared. I'm totally prepared for the coronavirus. You sound like you're talking either out of a hole or stuffing your face with Sour Patch Kids. Wait, I sound weird. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on, let me take... I had to take off my face mask. I'm wearing a face mask to protect myself from coronavirus. <laughs> uh, let's hurry up and get through this podcast because I'm not really comfortable wearing my ma- mask off for more than like 30 minutes. Do you have your hand, do you have your hand sanitizer handy? Uh, oh, I just filled my bathtub with hand sanitizer. <laughs> and like every hour, I just go for a dip. <laughs> so, you know, we'll get to the 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 Saints news. The only news was was Cam Jordan. Uh, he played with a torn uh, abductor muscle. Apparently, it was torn off his bone. I was thinking he would be the most likely Saints player to spread the coronavirus. Because if he can play with a torn abductor muscle, Andrew, off the bone, he could have coronavirus. He wouldn't even know it, or he would play through it and infect the whole locker room. Yeah, that's fair. No, yeah. Look, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I, that sounds awful, his injury. And, um, yeah, obviously he's had surgery now in this offseason to kind of repair that. But he made a statement, actually, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but – I think I don't know if it was a statement or it might have been a tweet. You know, I have to go back and look. But I, he tweeted something like, "Doctor said I'm good to go," and then after the season, I need surgery. Hmm. Like he said something like that, and it was kind of like, like almost a thinly veiled shot at the Saints organization, or or at least just like, you know, shining a light on the realities of the NFL where medicine is like you know they're gonna tell you whatever sean payton or mickey loomis or whatever the saints brass they're gonna say whatever the saints brass want you to say but then they get real once the season's over so i mean obviously (laughs) it was something he he could play with but you could play with it you might die 
but you're you can play with it. I mean, I I just I would just say I was a little uncomfortable with like him saying that because it's just like, ooh, I hope he's not pissed at the Saints. Well, I mean, but it, in in being kind of serious, Dave, it does sort of explain um his tailing production in December and especially I felt like he was going to destroy Minnesota's bad tackles and he didn't really but now that I know he had a muscle not connected to his bone it I'm sort of like yeah kind of makes sense now it's amazing what wasn't these guys there, played now, I, I'd have to go back and look but wasn't there a game where he he missed a significant amount of playing time like where he was getting subbed out more than usual was it the Colt game I think it was the Colt game might have been. Well, they said the injury was the 49ers game. The Colts game was after that, right? Yeah. 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 Yes, that could be. I mean, the sad part. The sad part is, is like, yeah, maybe his performance dipped uh, because of this injury. But um, I think none. I think all of us would rather have him playing uh, injured than not playing at all. Uh, oh, you know, completely. This says a lot about the depth we have at defensive end. Well, no, so. it just says it just says about his his, his it's more about his ability really. Um but also too though, you combined Davenport being hurt and if Cam Jordan had gone out like then you'd have been like, "Oh shit." Well, Rankins like, too, Rankins was out too yeah. in that game. So yeah, that 49ers game was a very very expensive loss. Plus every linebacker wow. they had. Yeah. So, you know, besides Cam Jordan being injured, the, the really the only other Saints news, and this is kind of a Andrew, maybe you can help me explain it, is that the CBA, the players and the owners are negotiating. Now, it isn't like they're going to be a lockout this year or even next year, but if the players and the owners don't agree to a new collective bargaining agreement, and I didn't realize this until this past week, it really puts sort of a hammerlock on Loomis Math. Like, he can't do his go-to cap manipulations, avoidable years, and extending the contracts out because you can't do contracts for years of collective bargaining that aren't there or something like that since they don't have a, a collective bargaining agreement into the future, you can't do voidable years because you can't take a dead cap money hit for years that don't exist or something like that. Um, That's right. Yeah. So yeah, as it stands right now, and I, I guess it would depend on the CBA if it pushes through. And I mean, we, I, we could do a whole podcast on the CBA. In fact, I, I've been, uh, th- thanks again for your tip on uh, the mean and kinds pod- pod- podcast. Uh, I recommend you listen to it, the one she does with uh, Dominique Foxworth, uh, if you're interested in kind of the labor negotiations and why it's different from last time. And it's really interesting. I mean, really, for the players, what's not to like? I mean, everything about that deal, it's, it's more revenue. It's more money, especially you know when you look at 50% of the league is minimum wage. You know, I know we talk about the Rodgers and the, and the Russell Wilsons and the Breezes and the Bradys, but... You know, 50% of the league is on minimum wage. Um, and those are the guys that this deal affects the most, right? Because it's it's, more, it's half the league. But it, really, it just comes down to they're going to get a bunch of stuff and they just have to stomach a 17th game. Now, I say just, but, you know, physically, 
long-term health, all that stuff. I mean, that's significant for them. And I think the players really don't want to play any more than they already do. Uh, there, I think there's an additional playoff game too, but it's really it's the 17th game. That well, how do we feel? How do you feel? How do you feel about the 17th game, Dave, and the additional playoff game? I mean, the additional playoff game it might as well be called the mediocre coaches employment act because now you're gonna have eight, eight, <laughs> nine, seven coaches that would have otherwise got fired. Now they're gonna make a playoff game and they're gonna get ex- they're gonna get extended for like two, three years. Like th- like this would have kept Jim Haslam employed for the Saints like at least three more years. Um, I mean, I'm a fan, so I'm all for more meaningful football. Uh, I'm all for maybe one less preseason game. So I'm down for 17. You guys uh, know what they're going to do about the home and away? Like one, you just have one more home game. Well, no, it'll alternate years. One year, the AFC teams, they get an extra home game. One year, the NFC teams get an extra home uh, game. Yeah, and so other and just some other details about that just so people know, they're not nobody else nobody's getting an extra buy, so there's still only going to be one buy, which is, you know, a semi-sticking point for the players. I believe they're also proposing the playoffs move to 14 teams. Yeah. Right. And then and only the top seed gets a buy. So Can I lay down a prediction s- right now? The Saints the are going to be the first te- team in NFL history to go 14-2 and two and not get a bye. <laughs> oh, it's happening. Um, but no, I mean, currently, as far as the CBA is concerned, um, I mean, Andrew's right. It's, it's all about that 17th game. And so the players uh, are trying to get as much as they can possibly get, uh, particularly in the way of money, if they're going to give up that and, and play that 17th game. And But, I mean, currently they're not that happy because right, right now they're talking about in 2020 it being a 53-47 split, um, owners, players, and then 2021 to 2030. So basically for the length of the next CBA, the owners would get 52 and the players would get 48. Now the players are saying, you know, you've got people like uh, uh, Richard Sherman, uh, Russell Wilson, you know, uh, other players uh, who uh, they want 50-50. Um, I don't know whether that's going to happen or not. And, you know, obviously this is a negotiation. And so they're making themselves known and, and they're pushing uh, the boundaries as far as they can. Uh, so maybe they meet somewhere at 5149. It's a big difference from what they were making before. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's still good for them. But uh, I, I, it's obvious right now that the players are just trying to get as much as they can for that 17th game. They know the owners want that 17th yeah. game. Uh, there's no extra buy. Uh, so they're just trying to, 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 to bleed it as much as they can. Well, it sounds like Michael Thomas uh, saw Tony Romo's salary and uh, – <laughs> Immediately God. said, "Yeah, this deal's no good for me if Romo's making God more damn. than most guys." I mean, Tony, that is, they're paying Tony. I mean, he's good. He's a good commentator, but like, do you really give a shit about the commentators for the NFL games? Like, like if there's a game, I can't on, believe he's making that much. I mean, to, seventeen like, million a year. I don't think commentators they can take away from the game. But it isn't going to stop you from, like, watch if, – if there's a big, huge game on and you're like, oh, it's Packers-Saints and there's Chiefs, you know, New England. Oh, I'm going to watch the Saints because they have Romo commentating. I just 
I don't think it moves the needle like that. But I guess I don't think it, I don't think people pick a game based on who's calling it. So I I agree with you there. But I will say Tony Romo has obviously obviously been great for just TV and broadcasting, and everyone loves him. And when he calls a game, generally people are excited and they talk about how good he is. And I will say when I think about how how many announcers affect my enjoyment of the game. Uh, you know, just off the top of my head, Rondé Barber and Joe Buck are just two guys I, I cannot stand. I absolutely can't stand listening to them. And it, it, they, they ruin my enjoyment. They really do. And so when you get a guy like Romo, where at least, you know, it, it, some may not care, but at least he's neutral. I don't think Romo is really offending a lot of people. And I don't know that it's necessarily making people come back, but if it's providing entertainment and quality of entertainment, then... Then you got a good thing going, and you got to. I think, you know, Dave, I Booger McFarlane. He's an LSU guy, so I hate to say this, but like he, I would rather they just pump in like heavy metal music, or (laughs) you know, I just yeah. The the one thing, as far as it's 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 one thing like like if you're gonna be bad at your job, you have to at least. (laughs) be charming and like i feel like booger he just doesn't have that charming uh personality that he's comes a little through pompous on the screen yeah he is. um so he's a little bit yeah. he's a little bit he, but the the, thing... this, this cba is interesting to me because you know i think in the past you had the players union really kind of have a unified front and say hey you know we need to push this deal through this Not time now, it's they're... way it's fifty fifty. It's way more split. There's a lot more dissension in the ranks. There's a lot more players that are outspoken saying, "I don't want to do this." And I don't know if it's going to pass or not because it really. I think that the the NFL teams sixteen on the player side, sixteen approved it, yeah. fifteen were against it, and one abstained. So it's it, it's close. It's like it's fifty fifty. Well, the thing that's interesting with the 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 whole collective bargaining is. Dave, the players, there's, you know, it, back in the old days, it, when, it, well, the players didn't make as much, but they were like, we need a pension and we need better health care. And that's easy to say. Those are important things for everybody, all of us. Now, there's like the quarterbacks. There's the minimum wage guys. There's the superstar non-quarterbacks. And there's like the middle class. So like... There's there to me it seems there's nothing that like unifies the union all together and that makes that must make it really hard as hell to get an agreement that most of you like because somebody in the union it seems to me they're getting fucked in this deal like one group is going to get screwed uh yeah but you know the group of the hard working minimum wage guys is, is way larger than the group of uh, high-paid superstar guys. Uh, and that's, that's I think, and I, I think those guys have to be taken into account first because I, I think they're the, they're the majority and they're really what, what drive the league and what make the league go. But, uh, you know, the top guys, you know, they're great. They're the face of the organization, but they're paid very well. And, uh, you know, in the end, they're they're fine. But, Andrew, the one... You know what I think is interesting, though, is I am a little surprised that 
you know, th this past CBA obviously largely benefited the quarterbacks. I mean, you look at the, some of these contracts that quarterbacks are getting, and I mean, number one, it's had a significant impact on on teams cap maneuverability and, and what they've been able to do. I mean, it's, we've seen these teams now where, you know, Cam Newton gets the huge contract, the Falcons give Matt Ryan a huge contract, and then they stop making the playoffs. You know, so we've seen that happen to a lot of teams. And then we see a lot of teams with quarterbacks on rookie deals make it to the Super Bowl. So your margin for error, you got to be very good at drafting to be successful with a quarterback that carries that much against your cap, a salary that that's that high. And so the quarterbacks have really benefited from the new CBA. I'm, I'm a little surprised that this time around, the players didn't fight to make that a little bit more equitable. In other words, saying like, that's great that we're going to be making all this money. Let's make sure it's not all going to the All going to the quarterbacks. No, yeah. it's true. And like, you know, I never thought of it this way is like, you know, fans and, and, and different things are like, oh, the, the franchise tag is so unfair because it caps what a player can make and it makes their bargaining power less. But players don't view it that way. Players view it as like a franchise tag is kind of good because it means you can't spend unlimited on, on a small group of players and you have to spend that somewhere so everybody else gets the money. But Dave... The one thing that kind of blew my mind on Friday was they said if this deal goes through, the 2021 salary cap might go up by $40 million. That's right, $40 million. <laughs> It will make salaries go crazy. And I don't know if I'm prepared to live in a world where, like, a backup tight end yeah, is making like Von, $9 Von million dollars a year. Von Bell and Onyemata are up for like $100 million contracts if that happens. But seriously, Andrew, like what – like like if if Traquan Smith, right? Well, it's it's year three, so that wouldn't be – that wouldn't be a good measurement. But like Kamara, say like the Saints don't come to an agreement with him and he like kills it this year. Like if the salary cap goes up $40 million, like – I could see a team paying him five years, 110. Like it wouldn't be yep. totally insane that he makes 20 million. And the thing is, Dave, I'm not ready to like adjust my mind to live in, to live in that world where like non quarterbacks are getting super ridiculous money. I don't know if it gets spread out that evenly. Um, I think that the quarterbacks will get it all. We have a $50 million quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it could very well be where those top guys just make that much more money uh, and there's still a fairly large gap between uh, uh, between the top and the middle and the bottom guys. I, you know, I don't know if it's I don't, I don't think it works out where it's, it's where, uh, you know, Tommy Lee Lewis is making 10 grand, 10, 10 million a year. I, I don't think it works. <laughs> He's that way. still making minimum wage. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it. It'll be interesting. And the one thing that, that you brought up, Andrew, is, you know, we keep waiting for sort of Loomis to do his Loomis math thing. And, and I mentioned at the beginning the, the, that, you know, if they don't get a new collective bargaining agreement, this, the teams will have difficulty signing players. But you made a point of that's why you think teams haven't done anything to try to sign their own guys before free agency starts because teams aren't going to do anything until they know – we have a new we have a new collective bargaining agreement, or we don't. Like teams are wait team, teams are waiting for the certainty of whatever the answer is. 
Yeah, I I actually think this might be one of the most challenging positions Mickey Loomis has ever been in. Uh, now he's fortunate that it's not next year yet because I think next year it would be even worse, just with the guys that would have contracts expiring. But you know, I I, I think I I've just become less concerned because I feel like Mickey Loomis always finds a way and he, he's going to do his best. But I mean, if you think about the challenges that are ahead for him. Um, and, you know, Breeze has said that he's back and that he's going to come back to the Saints. And it seems like everyone has concluded that's a foregone conclusion. Even everyone in the media, no one's trying to stir up this. Could Breeze actually leave? But right, as of right now, he's he's scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent. So the spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch 
Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. When you look at what's ahead for Loomis, he's got 8 or $9 million in cap room. Now, there's a ton of stuff he can do to give himself some space between Kiko Alonso. And, you know, cutting him and uh, Janoris Jenkins has a contract so they could get that cap number down significantly. So there's a bunch of things he can do. But right now he doesn't have a quarterback. He Teddy is probably going to walk. Drew Brees, they got to figure that out. The Taysom Hill thing is as complicated as it gets. Loomis even probably, said it during the combine. He's like, there I was like, how do you do the con- what's Taysom Hill's market and value? And Loomis is like, I don't know. We're going to find out. And Nick Underhill made an interesting point, Dave, is that it might be easier for the Saints to negotiate Taysom Hill to figure out what he's worth if a team signs him to an offer sheet than if the Saints are just negotiating with Taysom Hill's agent because how do you, how do you judge? How do you judge Taysom Hill's value, and what kind of contract do you give him? I could see, you know, yeah, you know, if if history is any indicator, I think I see a court case uh, in the future. Uh, Taysom's going to take the Saints to court because he wants to be paid like a wide receiver. No, he wants to be paid like a quarterback. Uh, but Ooh, the Saints want to pay. Dick. <laughs> but the, that would but the, most of but the Saints want to pay him as end. a. But the Saints yeah. want to pay him as a gunner. <laughs> yeah, I mean they can't. They can't if they think he's a quarterback. You can't do that to a guy you think is going to be your future quarterback. I mean, it's one thing to try to do it to a tight end. It's another <laughs> thing to go asshole to your to your future quarterback. They can't. They would. They couldn't do that. Not it's complicated taste. though. No. So I go back to my statement. I really think this is probably the hardest Loomis has ever had it. When you consider yeah. they don't have a ton of room. The quarterback situation, all three of them are off the books at the same time. That's a mess. And then he doesn't have much room to maneuver, and his favorite trick is not available to him. And they don't even know when free agency hits in in less than a few weeks whether it's going to be option A, which is no CBA, or option B, the CBA will be approved, which has enormous 
repercussions on how they approach the cap. Now, they'll be prepared. I think he knows it'll go one of two ways, and we'll say, all right, if it goes this way, we got to do this. If it goes that way, then we're going to be a little bit more handcuffed and, and have less options. But I, I think this is probably – and I'd be interested to hear what Loomis says. My, my view and my interpretation is that this is as challenging and as tricky as it's probably ever been for him. I have, I have, I have one counterpoint to this though that nobody ever seems to talk about. I haven't heard anybody talk about it. You know, in years past, they have always been handicapped by dead money. They've always been handicapped by you know, Junior Galette and then Jarris Bird. I mean, you know, you go back to 2015, 2016. They had like, well, how much? 10, 15 million dollars in dead cap money. Junior, Junior, one year pushed it over 20. So and so that's that's an incredible handicap for a team for a general manager when you're trying to build your roster when when you've got a when you've got to waste a, a a huge chunk of change that you can't even use that money is unusable to you but this year this season going into 2020 they only have one person in dead money Chris Banjo 1.2 million dollars so well, well but depending on uh, I think I think AJ Klein is about to be dead money because he's he had a, a, a couple of voidable years, and Breeze. Depending on what happens with Breeze's contract, that could potentially be a lot of. Well, money. Breeze yeah. is going to be, yeah. Breeze is going to be, I think, about fifteen million. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sixty. He's he's yeah. He's just shy. He's fifteen point nine million. He's going to. But again, against. again, that goes back to, they're they're probably going to have to take some of that, absorb some of that loss because if the CBA doesn't get a proved then they can't do the voidable years so then they are going to have to eat some of that money that dead money but, and, but that's somewhat but that's somewhat okay and they planned for that and yeah. and uh and you know that's for your your main position you know obviously it's okay to be spending well, money or even wasting money at that position it's not like it's not like you're paying 10 million dollars for jarris bird that was a just a total fucking well the one disaster. thing is I mean, that's frustrating but to get, have to pay maybe six million dollars in dead money or whatever for drew you know that's tolerable well the one thing is the the collective bargaining it's going to get settled this week like the players are voting on it and it isn't going to it's either they're either agreeing to it before March 18th, or they're not. Like, it's not going to go... They're, they're not starting free agency with this sort of hanging over their head because teams, I mean, they just... They can't have that. Um, so, my thing is, I guess, and I want both of you to answer this. I'll start with you, Andrew. Is if they don't have a collective bargaining agreement and they don't extend it out, do you think it makes it a lot less likely that we're going to see more of their own players exit than we otherwise would have. Uh, I mean, I don't think I, I wouldn't say players plural, um, but I, I could see, you know, Hey, we want to keep Von Bell and on Yamada and maybe they lose one, you know, just because of the way it's set up. I mean, they're the problem right now is the saints don't have a ton of cap. And again, you're dealing with breezes issue. You're dealing with Taysom Hill and those are priorities. Those are priorities. Taysom, Breeze is the now, Taysom Hill's the future, and if you have to lose Von Bell and Onyemata to figure that out, so be it. So those are the priorities the Saints have to figure out right now. And, you know, Kamara may not want to play if he doesn't get extended, so that, that may be another thing that they have to deal with. Uh, now, you don't have to deal with that in free agency, but that does affect your overall cap potentially. So there, there's a lot of things there. And, yeah, so there may be some guys that they lose 
Um, and, you know, they'll have to have a good draft again. Dave, that's a good segue into our game of stay or go. So I'm going to start with you. Music. Where's the music? <laughs> Every game needs music. God damn it, Ralph. I'll have to go back to uh, <laughs> the, 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 ju- the judge the, music. The judge music. <laughs> Uh, Vaughn Bell, which is okay, I guess, because we're making a ju- we're making snap judgments. Vaughn Bell on this day, March first, staying or going? Uh, me, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say stay. Andrew David Onyemata, staying or going? I was having him going, but Sean Payton mentioned him by name, and that sort of changed my opinion. I actually disagree with Dave. I think Onyemata stays. I think Bell goes. Ooh, Dave, AJ Klein. <sighs> Stays. I want him to stay. Andrew, Eli Apple. Mm. I think Eli Apple goes. They traded for him. I think he stays. Dave, Andres Pete. Stays. Ooh, Andrew, we'll discuss that. I want to discuss that for a little bit. If Andres Pete stays and gets over $10 million a year, would be the biggest Saints Twitter freakout we've ever had. I think it would be. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, peep, I mean, you can talk me into it because he's about, he can be the backup tackle and different things and he's va- he's he's more valuable and don't judge him up but you wouldn't one. be excited i could talk I wouldn't you be into ex- it, but you would never be excited no i wouldn't be i wouldn't be screaming at the top of my lungs like if they signed joe thuny to replace pete um who else do we have uh who else is free who else are free saints free agents that i need to touch on uh ted ginn gone i think that's Keith kirkwood stays no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going down the exclusive rights free agent list? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> All right, kill the jumper mu- stays. Kill the, kill the music, please. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, Stefan Anthony. He's gone. <laughs> I forgot. I don't know. I, Peace this is out, really, I, I really want to keep Anthony. And the Get name, out of here. And I'm serious because I feel like it. <laughs> Like he's he's a bust no matter what. Like he was a terrible pick, but I feel like his penance for sucking so bad should be that he has to run on kickoffs and do special teams for the Saints for for like two more years. Like it's it's kind of like it's kind of like the penance that Jarrett Bird had with like he had to fair catch punts. It's like look if we're paying you all this money, like you may as well go on punt returns and at least call the fair catch so we don't have a fumble. Did did Jarrett you know, Bird ever return a punt? And not, I don't think so. I don't think he did, man. We, we that was my that was our running joke for two years that like Sean Payton threatened to kill him if he uh, if he didn't uh, fair catch it. Fair catch. Which, yeah. Which is another. Well, you didn't which, ask. Uh, we didn't do PJ Williams stay. Or oh go. yeah, PJ Williams. Stay or go. go. Uh, I'll say PJ stays. Dave, I say go. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say PJ stays. I think 
I think his market is just like last year we thought his market was soft because of the DUI, but I don't think it's that. I just think teams look at him and they're like, nah, we don't really want to pay you. And so I think there's a good chance that he'll be back. But speaking of, of Sean Payton potentially killing Jarris Bird, it segues me into a fun story that I wanted to tell that Dave reminded me of when we were having one of our text uh, chats last week. Vince Marinella died, the famous, infamous uh, New Orleans sportscaster for murdering his wife while they were going through a divorce. And... It reminded Dave. <laughs> Dave, guess, you asked me I, if I any of us really knew him. Drop he, the, my wife. Not. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That. His I don't wife. know that. My wife. It would be appropriate in there, but I just did it. Uh, so, Dave asked if me and Kevin knew him, and I. It reminded me of my story of Vince Marinello, and when people when he when he when they got accused of murdering his wife, people were like, "Oh, Vince Marinello, he's so nice. How could he do it?" And I told everybody, I was like, "He did that shit." And here's why: is when I worked at <laughs> WWL. Vince Marinella used to fill in for Buddy D when Buddy D would go on vacation or got sick or whatever. And one time, Vince was filling in, and Charles Grant was scheduled to be the interview. And, you know, I'm the producer, so I call Charles Grant before he's scheduled to come on, and he sets up, and and Vince does the interview. But the thing is, during the interview, Charles Grant is eating. He's calling a day. He's eating. (laughs) He's he's eating during the interview. Yeah, and, and Vince looks mad. But during the interview, he asked Charles Grant what he's eating. And Charles Grant's like, chicken wings. And uh, we go into the playoffs. You believe that. And uh, so I was like, oh, okay, Vince, he's not that mad. He just asked him what he's eating. It's fine. And it didn't go well. Like, you could tell Charles Grant wasn't paying attention. Whatever. Like, you work in radio or you do these interviews, Andrew. You know, like, people don't – sometimes they just go badly. People don't pay attention. Whatever. So I was like, okay, whatever. I just, you know – shrugged and whatever and then it's the interview ends and Vince Marinella is raging during the commercial break he's yelling at Charles Grant he's yelling at me like it's my fault like I was supposed to tell Charles Grant not to eat during the interview and when I tell you I have never been that afraid at work in my entire life and I was at work during a fucking earthquake in California Granted, it was a minor earthquake, but still. And here's the thing, though. Vince Marinella, he had to, he wore a toupee all the time. So Dave, as he's yelling at me and and pointing his finger into my like chest, his toupee <laughs> is fucking rocking back and forth, and his face is red. It looked like a raccoon trying to eat an apple. And even though I was really really scared, I also had this uncontrollable urge to laugh. And I'm not saying if I would have laughed, Vince Marinella would have killed me. All I'm saying is when I found out his ki- he killed his wife, I was like, he crazy, he did that shit. So there's my Vince Marinella story. Wow. <laughs> He's got like those beady eyes. He, he did does, have dude, those beady eyes. His eyes are like, it was like beating on my head. And, and I was like, oh my God, I think, I think I'm like in mortal danger at work. Like he may... He may murder me in this WWL studio. Like it was terrifying. Like I've never seen seen a person that mad in a work environment ever. Have you? Have either of you ever been like afraid that physical harm could come to you while at work? In a work environment? No, not really. Not 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 in my uh, not in my environment. But 
There was one time I was driving. I was driving to work, like from the bank or something, going down Birth Street, and uh, there was somebody. You know, I'm a. You know, I, I, I learned. I'll just say this: I learned to drive in New York, so I drive like a typical New Yorker. You take that however you want to take it. Like an but, ass. Um, <laughs> you take that however you want to take it, but. Uh, and Birth Street is just a, a one-way residential street in Uptown by Tulane and Carrollton, whatever. And I, I, I think if I remember correctly, there was a guy in front of me, and he was just sitting there in the middle of the street and blocking traffic. And I think I honked uh, or whatever. And he pulled into his driveway, and he like got out of his car and ran up to my window, and is banging on my window. He's like, "You're honking!" You know, he just had a total freak out out of no, you know, just because I had honked and. Uh, I just I just sat there and just kind of ignored him because I wasn't going to escalate the situation. But I was like, this guy is a psycho. He he could potentially kill me. <laughs> Andrew, before we get to questions, get out of here. I can't yeah. wait to can't wait to run into this guy at Walgreens. I remember. Uh, yeah, I, I've never had anything like that at work. Uh, I, I do remember um, when I was a kid, uh, my uncle took me to the park, and I was probably about my son's age now, so I was like nine at the time. And this guy like kept coming up and talking to us, and I was kind of getting weird vibes from him. And uh, I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know about this guy." And then I see him like pull a gun out of his jacket pocket and like put it into his other pocket in his jacket. And he he was like twenty yards away at this point, but I just saw that he was carrying a weapon. And he's like at a kid's park, and but he it was like real coy about it, so no one else saw it. I was like the only person in the park that saw it. I just remember being like, "All right." We need to get the fuck out of here, and so I just asked my uncle to take me out, take me home. And uh, but yeah, I'll never forget it because it was just like if we had stayed, <laughs> what was that guy gonna do? That is weird. Was that in America or France? That was in Paris. That was in France. Wow. I thought yeah. Europeans were like not violent and didn't have guns. Well, that, that well, but that's the thing. So like in in France and like in Paris, you don't see guns. You know, you see knives or box cutters. You know, I mean, people rob you at knife point and stuff, but like. It's not like the U.S. where it's just like this big open carry thing. It was very, especially in the 80s, super rare to see a gun. So, like, it, it really stood out, and it was like, holy shit. So, um, before we get out of here, and we just have a couple a couple of, uh, of viewer questions, I want to remind people, hey, podcast, sign up daily, $7 a month. Uh, you get cool freaking swag, and once March 18th hits and free agency has happened, you're going to want this podcast because we do it every freaking day, and we do breaking news before anybody else. You'll get reaction. So sign up. Start full access. Start $7 a month. Do it. Uh, question, Dave. What team do you think is most likely to go after a Saints free agent? Um... Well, I mean, I think Teddy Bridgewater is the guy that people are going to clamor over. Um, so, I mean, that could be any number of teams. Maybe, uh, I don't know, the Bears or something like that? Would the Bears go after Teddy? Are they, re Colts, are they ready to move on from Trubisky? Yeah. Uh, Jake asks, uh, Pat McAfee introduced the Pelicans tonight. Uh, if you introduced Zion, how would you introduce him? Jake, come on. The Pelicans got Zion, dude. They got Zion. They got Zion. Oh, I've never been this happy. Oh, this is great. They got Zion. 
And oh, by the way, I don't know what it is, Andrew, but Zion brings something out of LeBron because twice this week, LeBron has just fucking gone off on the Pelicans. And he didn't give a shit about Memphis last night at all. Um, did you see before the second half ended when Zion did that dunk and then LeBron took practically a fucking shot from half court and made it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. It was like a fuck you, Zion. Pels are about to lose this game. Yeah, they are. Um, so, everybody, thanks for joining us in the chat room. We went on short notice. Uh, didn't Vince, McMahon, Vince Marinello use a plastic glasses, nose, fake mustache, and a, an escape on a bike? Yes, Stephen Juge, he did do all that. Not only that, he had a checklist of what to do to commit the murder that they found in his FEMA trailer with literal check marks by each one. Yeah, not on the, not on the checklist. Get rid of checklist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> poor poor planning i'm just saying so everybody thanks for thanks for joining us uh this has been a sunday night edition like i said most weeks during the off season we will be on sunday night except for this coming week because i'll be in new orleans celebrating my 44th birthday happy birthday to me uh so we'll be on next monday night but everybody thanks for joining us tonight uh for Dave, for Andrew, for Kevin, who's MIA. Uh, until next week, the bar is closed.